Welcome to Coffee with Casey. Today we are going to do it from the garden. Beautiful day out here, so let's give her a go. Now, next week we're going to be doing the show from the headquarters at Samson Properties. So, if any of the agents that listen to this show want to sit in on it, we have a nice question and answer period at the end. We go over a lot of stuff with the agents. So, you can meet us at the office next week when we do this at 12 at 10 30. The week after that, we're going to be in Vienna. We're going to be at Cafe Amore. Uh, that's Vienna's little coffee shop. So they've got a nice little studio set up in there and we're going to go ahead and broadcast there. So you can come on in, have a cup of coffee, have some breakfast and listen to the show. And that's going to be next week. This week, we want to talk about the changing job of realtors. So, you know, being a realtor or a listing agent or a buying agent in the 2022, different kind of agent. They have different skill sets we need. You know, you've got to do different things. We had to retrain all of our listing agents. You get really, you get really into a, not a rut, but you get into a, a process that no longer really exists um, sometimes, but, but it's a whole different ballgame and it takes different skill sets and people need to be trained in those skill sets. So we're going to talk about that today. Where is the bottom? I mean, obviously prices are going down. Homes that are under contract, are at least seven to eight percent lower than homes that sold 60 to 90 days ago. So we're clearly seeing in every pricing model I do, and I'll do, I don't know, I may do our team will do maybe five or six a day. We are constantly seeing the solds and the pendings, and the pending percentage of assessment is about seven to eight percent less than what had sold 30, 60, 90 days ago. So, so anyways, there's a, we need to know where the bottom is. And I say that because in, in 1993, 1995, we literally looked at each other and said, I have no idea where the bottom is for the housing market. No idea. Clueless. Um, then in 2005, 2006, things went up, financial crisis, housing prices plummeted. Where was the bottom? We didn't know. We do know now. We know exactly where the bottom is. I have no problem telling you where it is and how we're going to get there and, and um, where the opportunities lie. So we're going to talk about where the bottom is. We're also going to talk about the bank of mom and dad. Okay. You know, it's funny. Politicians always talk about, you know, helping the little guy, helping the little guy. Well, let's take a look at people wanting to buy homes right now. So the haves have money and, you know, the rest don't, right? So the haves, the, the wealthy, are the ones that have the cash. The ones that don't have it need to borrow it. And they're borrowing at 75 and 8%. They're getting crushed. Whereas the people that have the money, they have plenty of money, they're coming up with cash. They're borrowing from mom and dad. They're borrowing from trust funds. Um, we just had a sale this week, six hundred and. $25,000, $650,000, all cash, mom and dad. Mom and dad financed. So, so it's, the, it's the bank of mom and dad. There are buying opportunities out there. We'll talk about that. Who takes advantage of it? The people that have the money. Now, if you have to borrow at seven and a half and you're a very working couple and not paycheck to paycheck, but I mean, you're a working couple without a ton of family money, resources, your FHA, your VHDA, your VA, you know, your little money down, big mortgage, big interest rate. So who's hurting all of this? The little guys are hurting this. Not the big, big guys couldn't care. Couldn't care less. 
People with a lot of money couldn't care less. And I'll tell you why. McLean always trails behind homes going under contract. Always. They always have more homes available than, than under contract. Their days on market is long. Not now. The homes going under contract are in McLean. Why? They have the haves. They're the haves. They have the money. So, so let me take you online. Let's go to, um, let me share my screen with you. And let's go to one of these nice presentations that Julie always prepares for us. She's, she's so wonderful. All right. So today, again, changing job of the realtors, where the bottom is. So let's, let's talk about the changing job of the realtors right now. So our process was price the home, prepare the home, market the home. And by the way, let, let me just say this. I got a massive news next week. Hopefully I can disclose it next week. Big house on the market. Not a lot of people are looking in that market for that size house. So we went fishing. We market into the big markets, Arlington, McLean, Alexandria, DC, because people are looking for this size house are not looking in the market that we, that we are in with this house. Sure enough, all cash, full price, doesn't even get on the market, coming from somebody that was not looking in that market area, but fell in love with the house and has to have it. So. So, you know, once again, it's, it's a changing job for the realtor. So before, yeah, prepare it, price it, market it. And then it was managing questions from all the agents, managing all the showings, managing contracts, contracts to do Monday at noon, look at the seven contracts, pick the biggest one, get the highest and best offers. That was, that was basically our job. And should contract number one go out, kick out, we have contract two, three, and four standing right behind them. So different kind of, of, of listing. It was always about making sure we got the highest possible number with backups right behind it. Best terms, no home inspections, none of that stuff. Now it's different. Your buyer pool went from 600 to 50, 70, 80. So you're not gonna have a lot of people coming through the house. You're not gonna have a lot of contracts coming in. You may have two or three. We've been lucky. I mean. Uh, not luck yet. I think you make your own luck, but we've been fortunate in a lot of our, our homes are selling still with multiple contracts or at least somebody thinking there's a multiple contract and bidding themselves up. So, you know, again, you make your own luck in this world. So, but, but now is different. So again, remember I said, where's the bottom? Well, nobody knows where the bottom is. Well, I'm going to show you how we can tell the buyer where the bottom is and why this is a good deal. And, and you need to sell the pricing on the house. You need to sell the house. You, you really have to, to ratchet out all the benefits of this house compared to all of the people that are other on the market. So let me give you an example. Let's say I run a market uh, snapshot. Person looks at the house, they like the house, not sure if they're overpaying for the house. What if I showed you that every house in, in uh, Vienna or uh, Haymarket or Aldi was at 120 to 134% of assessment and we were at 106. Would that make you feel comfortable? What if I could show you in the past 23 years that a home of this size and this age, this is what it, this is what it sold for 2003 up to 2005, down to 2010, all the way along up 2022. And I'll show you this in a minute. And then back, you would have a comfort level that we're at the right price. This is a great price. 
on this house. In fact, when it's over, when I'm, when I'm done with you, you're going to say, we are really getting a great deal on this house, okay? When in fact, maybe the other people are listing their house just too high. And I'll, I'll show you that in a minute too, okay? So, so we have a changing job. So let's, let's get on with the market conditions like we always do. And let's take a look at where we are. Now, nothing's changed. One of the things from, I guess, broadcasting from the garden is you got helicopters or planes over top. So it is what it is. I'll talk louder. The fact that we're trying to sell in the first week does not change. We are still trying to sell in the first week. The blue line that you see here, these are the, the percentage of assessment of the sales in a market area of the sales that sold in the first 10 days. The orange is the average sales price percentage of assessment when they lasted more than 30 days on the market. You can clearly see there's a huge difference between selling in the first 10 days and selling after 30 days. So is our goal still first 10 days? Yeah, absolutely. You bet your ass it is. So we're still fighting. We're still fighting that battle. Are we shooting for that? Yes. Are you accomplishing it as much as we used to, 100%? No. I mean, you know, you have some homes that, you know, have limited buyer pools and, and we're working them and working them. So, so you need to work the buyer pool now as opposed to taking contracts and rating contracts. But as far as trying to get the first 10 days, that still holds. Are we doing it? Probably half to three quarters of the homes we're selling are doing it that quick. So let's look at, as you know, that the health of the market is always the what percentage of homes is under contract. This is a little remarkable here. Um, I'm, I'm surprised and I'm gonna tell you why here in a second. So the percentage of homes under contract, if it's less than 40, it's a buyer's market, right? And six out of 10 houses are available, four out of 10 are, are under contract or less. That's a buyer's market. Anywhere between 40 and 60 tells me that we're in a neutral market, nobody has control of the market. And anything over 60 tells me it's actually a seller's market. There are more homes under contract than are active in that market. So I'm a little surprised at these numbers, but I'll tell you why. And, and it makes sense. And I really shouldn't have done this chart. I should have done the chart where I take out, there's two kind of homes under contract. One is pending. That means no contingencies. One is active contingent, which means it's contingent on a home sale, contingent on appraisal, contingent on something. Well, 50% of those homes kick out. So next week I'll do one of these charts where I'm gonna take the active under contract, active contingencies, and I'm gonna lop those with the actives, not with the pendings. So this might be skewed a little bit, but it still shows a pretty damn healthy market that 6.5 homes out of 10 in Oak Hill are under contract, at least under contract, either with a contingency or just pending. So strong numbers, strong numbers, but I'll get back to, I'll get back to you next week when we look at, take out the active with contingencies. Our goal, no contingencies. We don't want a home inspection. And I will tell you, I mean, we just sold a $2 million house. No home inspection because we'd already done a home inspection. We had a perfect home inspection done by a very, you know, um, reputable uh, home inspector. They looked at it very detailed. Moved home inspection contingency. So that's what we're looking for. That's still the goal. Nothing's changed on that. So, you know, I do a weekly snapshot and, and Julie, as we speak, 
is putting up the weekly snapshots for McLean and Vienna and Haymarket and Aldi and Reston and Western Loudoun County and Leesburg and all those, all those markets, Centerville, all the markets that we service are getting these right now. But let's take a look at this. This is the weekly success rate for each town, okay, compared to last week. So last week, Arlington was at 19, now 22. That shows me the market's improving, not getting worse, but getting better. Look at McLean. Remember I said the haves and the have-nots? The haves have 47% of their homes under contract, which is the strongest I've ever seen from McLean. Normally, that number is down here in the tens. Vienna has gone from 9 to 13. Again, improving market. Oakton is improving. Uh, Oak Hill. Uh, Oak Hill is, is I got to check on that. I don't know. Oh, this week. This is just, just for this week now. So th for this week, they got skunked. Uh, Centerville, again, Centerville is strong. I mean, there's nothing wrong with Centerville. Centerville will put one on. We have more people favoring it. It's on Oakmere. More people favoring that than we've had in, I don't know, six months and tons of showings. So the confidence is very high in Centerville, which means we can be a little more aggressive with our pricing. Haymarket, still doing great. No problem. Aldi got skunked this week again. Uh, Ashburn, Ashburn looks great. 38% of the homes that went on the market went under contract. So these are pretty solid numbers. And if you look at, you know, Western Loudon got skunked and all that, it's just a smaller market. Sometimes if nothing goes under contract, the zero is kind of misleading a little bit. But in general, it's telling me the market is improving, not deteriorating. All right. So remember I said, where's the bottom and how do we know when the bottom is? I do one of these for every single house that we do. And this is basically for, this chart is for 3,500 square foot home in Vienna that's built in 1990. So I take all those homes and I chart what it's sold for. What was the average sales price of these houses? And you can see that in 2005, it jumped up in 2000. 10 it was all the way back down to the value line now the value line is if we start at 793 and i apply the inflation rate to that price that's the green line so the green line is what should it sell for based on inflation because after all real estate is a hedge against inflation that's why you buy real estate that's why you own a home because it will inflate with with market with inflation hedge against inflation so you can see here, pretty boring. It follows the line. It followed the line for 10 years. And then all of a sudden in 2022 or 2020, it started to take off. There's your 2022 price. That's what it's fallen down to. But that's where it should be. So you can see that we've actually come back down. So where's the bottom of the market? We're at it. We're at the market. I could clearly show buyers that we are back to the value line. Some are going to go a little higher, some are going to go a little lower, but we are back to the value line that we should be at. So are we inflated anymore? No. Was $1.5 million um, uh, ridiculous for a house of that age and that size? Yeah, yes, it was. It was, I, I knew it was ridiculous. You knew, everybody knew it was ridiculous. It's crazy. But that's what buyers are willing to pay. We had 2.5% interest rates. So the question is, would you rather buy a house at 2.5% interest rates or 
7% interest rates. Well, right now it's $225,000 less price for the same house. So you buy the house at the best price, borrow money from mom and dad, the bank of mom and dad, if you can, if you can't, you know, you suck it up and pay what you have to pay in order to get the house that you want. Let interest rates come down. Now, I've said, I've said, well, I don't want to get into that discussion right now. Let's, let's just stay on topic and then, but I want to talk about, you know, where I think interest rates are going. So, so right this second, that's where it is. That's where the market is. Now, why are homes going on the market and not selling? Well, they see that 1.499. They know they're, those houses are worth 1.499. That's what they sold for at 2.5%. Not a seven and a half percent, seven and a half, one point three seven five. But this is the average price of homes that are listed and unsold, withdrawn, expired, or canceled. So the people that are 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 losing in the market are the people, and I do consider that losing because, God, to put your house on the market is a tremendous effort for a seller, and then to get rejected after ninety days or one hundred twenty days. The frustration level for a seller is off the chart. I will tell you this. There are a lot of people that are following that red line. I will not let them. I'm down in the blue line, right? So that's why our houses are selling uh, because we know where the prices are. I tell you again, if you have somebody that is suffering in all of these, and I'm telling you more, more houses are withdrawing than, than selling. If you have somebody that's suffering, please have them give us a call. Have them reach out to us. If I can't handle them, we'll, we know a top medium team in the country that can handle. I don't care whether it's New York. We just had somebody in New York couldn't sell a house for two years because they were with a, an agent that all they did was rent. So we put them in touch with the number one medium team in their county. Uh, it's sold in the first two weeks. They got a good price and everything was done. So please, even if your people that you know, relatives, business associates are in South Carolina or Florida or New York or Georgia, it doesn't really matter. As the number one team in the state of Virginia, the medium team, we're connected to all the other top teams. So we will find the number one medium team, not big team, not small team, not individual, medium team. The reason for that is medium team does stuff like this. Medium teams are only 10 agents. They all do 20, $30 million a piece. The principles involved in every transaction. So I don't want to give you to a big team where you're working with somebody that's just another realtor working on a big team. You want to work with a medium team where you can talk to the principal. You're working with the principal. They have, they're all studs. Top to bottom, they're studs. Now, why not a smaller team or why not an individual? Because the technology today of, of like I said, this person wasn't looking for a $2 million house in this market. He was looking for it in that market, but we had to go find him. And that takes top professionals, top marketing people, uh, very expensive internet um, uh, technology, AI technology to find them, introduce our custom websites to that person and have them drive all the way to someplace where they've never been before. So, so individuals can't afford it. Individuals are too busy. Small teams can't afford it. Um, and the medium teams are the, the top. 
I mean the top, not not just any medium team, but the top medium teams, that's where the big boys, that's where the big dogs run. So if we can't handle you in Northern Virginia, we'd be happy to get you to somebody that can take care of you. We we rate agents every day. So as we can see, here's the problem, right? That's that's the basic problem in this market today. So so first of all, thank you, Julie, for setting that up. You're just just wonderful as always. Uh, what do we got? We got 10 minutes. So, so let's talk about the bank of mom and dad. How can mom and dad help? Well, they have inheritances, they have trusts. Um, people borrow their mortgage money against a trust uh, at favorable rates. Um, you know, there are a lot of parents out there that have a lot of money and they do have trust for their kids. They've spent 600,000 for them to get through college. So, so do they invest in down payments? Yes, they do. You want to make sure you've got at least 20% down. 20% down means you're not paying mortgage insurance. You're not paying high rates. You know, you're getting the best terms and the best everything. If you need more, then you borrow more. And you borrow from the bank of mom and dad. Now, sometimes you don't even have the down payment money. So what we do is we do what's called a shared equity, right? Where the parents and, and the kids will buy the property together. The parent will put up the down payment. The kid will make all the mortgage payments. Then when the house is sold, parent gets their down payment back and they can split the equity if they want or it goes to the kid. You're going to leave it to them in your will anyways. So, so putting up at least 20%, do not let your kids, and I have a lot of probably older people that listen to me, my, my sellers and whatnot, don't let your kids do a VHDA loan, an FHA loan, a VA loan, because what happens is they're paying this massive private mortgage insurance. I mean, it's like, it's very expensive. So you don't want to have your kid behind an eight ball and your money sitting in a bank getting two, three, four, five percent Take that money out, put together a quick shared equity. You know, you put up the down payment so they have the most favorable rates of all time. Now, if you want to have a deal with them where the kid pays you a percentage on your money, two, three percent, fine. Or if you just want to, that's your contribution. He's bought his house. But I will tell you, you know, Carol and I just finished um, um, marrying off our, our last child. Kevin just got married last weekend, which is why I wasn't here. Took a vacation. Um, and, you know, everybody's through college. Nobody's got that. Everybody got married. Everybody's happy. Everybody's got their houses. We're all good to go. So, so now we're going on the victory tour, right? The victory tour is, hey, man, it's all on us now. It's, we, we're done paying for all the kids. So, but for the parents that are out there, you know, that one goal, get your kids in a house, get them, they own their own house, and then they're fine and they're ready to go. And then you can move on with your business. So, so I think that parents that have the means should invest in making sure the kids now, now is the time for them to get out and buy. Let me go back. Let's go back. Let me reload what Julie did for me here. Let's get back here. Let's know where we are, right? We don't want to buy it up in here. We want to buy it down in here. And, and as you can see, it doesn't, some, sometimes they'll go a little lower. So if prices were to drop under that a little bit, would it surprise me? No, but I know I'm at the floor. That's just, that's just fear and greed. Sometimes fear will drive prices underneath this. And, and we see some charts where the blue comes down here, then follows up here and then escalates way up here. So if parents can instill anything in their kids, it's buy low, sell high. 
So now's the time to buy low. So the homes are out there. Go after a lot of these homes that are active with contingencies. Some of them have to sell their own house. Some of them have to get a home inspection or whatever. Go after those homes. There's homes out there. You can find deals. You couldn't find a deal in two and a half years. Couldn't do it. People were bidding houses up. You were paying $1.5 million. This is not the time to buy. This is the time to sell, right? Now prices have come back down. So, so let's take a look at the buyers and the sellers. The buyers, this is the first time you've had a chance to buy a house at market value in three years. Take advantage of it. Well, interest rates are high. And borrow money from mom and dad or pay the rates. And then when rates come down, refinance. Now, how do I know rates are coming down? Because I've been telling you, I think rates are still going up. And they did. And they did. So my theory, and I'll give it for what it's worth, I'm a realtor, not an economist, but I do know how things work. And I have lived through a lot of, of these markets before. As oil prices go up, the gas at the pump goes up. The cost of everything goes up, and that's called inflation. Once inflation hits the system, then they have to raise interest rates to bring inflation down. Very simple equation, not rocket science. Well, somebody got the, you know, I, I, I don't know. I'm not going to bring this up on the fly, but I'm going to show you next week. When Biden took office, the oil production went from $12.2 million barrel to 10 million barrels a day. It just went just like this. And with that, interest rates started their climb. Why? Because this oil drop caused prices at the pump to go up a dollar, a dollar and a half or more. And with that, inflation kicked in. With inflation comes interest rates and yada, yada, yada. We're at 7.5%. Not rocket science. Well, the light bulb went off in the third quarter, which just basically started, that now oil production in the United States has gone from about 11 million barrels a day to 12.9 million barrels a day. So they are currently at a pace that is a record a record, mind you, for United States oil production. Now, if they just got the memo and all of a sudden they decided, I don't care what I'm telling everybody, this is what we're going to do. We're going to you know, increase the production. Now, as oil production goes up, what happens to gas prices? It comes down. And what happens to inflation? It comes down. And what happens to interest rates? It comes down. So I watched two main indicators. One, oil production like a hawk. Two, the 10-year treasuries. Because a 10-year treasuries, if you look at the chart for 10-year treasuries, that's basically what dictates what the 30-year fixed rates are doing. So keep an eye on that. Um, you look at the 10-year treasuries, and I think it's 1.6% higher, percentage points higher, is what the 30-year fixed rate should be. So currently, 30-year fixed rate should be somewhere around 6.5%. Why are they 7.5? Because things were going up, right? Things were going up and banks were scared. So they were trying to hedge their bet and put it even higher than the 10-year treasuries dictated. But now, as oil production goes up, you might look for the gas prices to go down. If they do, inflation goes down. Cost of goods goes down, right? Because the energy, the, the cost of energy is behind everything in this world. So, so let's keep an eye on 
what the prices on the pump are, that will feed inflation, inflation will feed interest rates. So if they pump 12.9 barrel, uh, million barrels a day, and it goes up to 13.1 or 13.2, which again is over the record, then I feel confident that the prices of gas are gonna come down, the interest rates will come down, the inflation will come down, and there we go. So <clears throat> I'm very optimistic now that rates in, and, and there's a lag between when price, when you know oil production goes and, and gas on the pump and then inflation and blah, 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 and interest rates. There's about a three, uh, a three quarters uh, lag to a one year lag. So I would look for this at least June through September, the, in, the interest rate should start falling back out. So I do have hope now that somebody got the memo that oil, pro, uh, oil prices production, shutting it off, shutting off pipelines and shutting off leases and, and producing oil in this country. Uh, I'm glad somebody got the memo. It's not a bad thing. It actually helps the economy. So let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. I'm, I'm a little more optimistic now than I was before. You've been listening to Coffee with Casey. My name is Casey Sampson. Next week, you can, and the public is invited and the agents are invited. Sampson Properties headquarters is in Chantilly. I'll be doing it in the studio. Uh, we will have some, some questions and answers afterwards. We do the show in one half hour, but we spend usually an hour, hour and a half in there. Um, <clears throat> so please, you know, come on into the show. It doesn't matter whether you're a realtor or not. It doesn't matter if you're a Sampson realtor or not. Dustin, you can come. I mean, some of you agents that watch this, come on. Come on in and, and um, meet the family, man. We're, we're not going to bite anybody. Um, and Sam, Sam should attend too. Um, and all, you, all the Sampson agents. I, I get a lot of great feedback from Sampson agents. So come on in and show up. Then after that, I'll be at Cafe Amore the next Thursday and you can meet us there and we'll sit around have coffee and, and, uh, and all that stuff. And I'll have probably Billy and Morgan will be in on the show with me. So have a great show. So come on by Cafe Amore in the middle of Vienna, you know, support the local merchants and we'll do the show from there. If you're looking for me, I'm at 703-508-2535 or Casey at CaseySampson.com. Thank you very much for supporting Coffee with Casey and listening to the show. Bye now.